Hello. How you been? Good, and you? Uh, it's been it's been good. I mean, you got to make the most of the situation. Things I think seem to be recovering, don't they? Oops. Yes. So, are you in the UK? Yeah, I had to move back during the lockdown. So. Okay. 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 I just want to say thank you for having nice to have you. Sorry. Thank you for coming on the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> so, um, how is it in France at the moment? They've like, is it more or less back to normal as a whole? Or? Yeah, it's uh, it's back to very normal because I just saw a couple of French women do the bees yesterday. The bees? What's that? <laughs> it's like that French uh, cheek kissing. Ah, okay. So it's like uh, social distancing is finished. Uh, they can get back to um, transferring germs. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway. <laughs> but I, one of my um, friends told me, he's from Montenegro, and he said for six weeks there was no cases. But then this week they had about 230. So it's a bit silly times, but fingers crossed, hey? Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's, the, it's the beginning. The bees is the beginning of uh, the second wave. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, haven't seen any in London yet, so let's see. <laughs> I mean, the British people don't have these bees. They have the handshake. Yeah, more of a handshake. But yeah. when I start seeing fist pumps and like handshakes, uh, then, then, you know, or hugs, that, that's, that's when it's going to start again. <laughs> um so yeah it's 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 quite i just want to say it's quite and I, I think i remember seeing you a while back on the french scene and like what i want to know about is what got you into comedy and um what yeah what made you do a show on i don't sell you flowers <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how you changed my title i don't sell you flowers I like it better than my name, my original title, I Don't Sell Flowers. Yeah, I like how you added the you, I don't sell you flowers, I like it better. <laughs> yes, I think that's <laughs> uh, So, <clears throat> uh, I, I got started uh, in performing comedy uh, by accident, but uh, I, was, I was writing uh, some funny sketches and I was doing some some small videos uh, relate, which are funny from a long time. And um, I, I have worked on a script in, in around 2014 or something like that, or 2013 or 14, uh, which was very, very, it was like a very, very dark script. In the sense like it was like very, very sad. Okay. And it was like a based on a personal story and I was adapting it uh, to a script. So I was working on the script and I realized this is so dark, so sad, I, even I will not watch it. <laughs> so, uh, so I said, I have to bring some humor in this. Okay. So uh, then I started um, watching more stand-up comedy and um, I mean, I was always into 
stand-up comedy. I was a big fan of Seinfeld uh, from a long time. And then I went into more stand-up comedy and I, I, I was teaching English in the French Grandes Ecoles. Okay. And they, um, uh, I mean, I could do anything. I could teach them with anything. So I made a class on stand-up comedy. And I, I started teaching them stand-up comedy, even though I had no clue. I mean, I had never performed. <laughs> I was, I was swindling the French. <laughs> and so I, I was teaching them stand-up comedy, and then I was in a business school, one of the very famous business schools in France, the top business school. I was teaching their stand-up comedy in that business school. It's like, I mean, how, how. What a crook you have to be to teach uh, <laughs> comedy in a business school when you have no experience in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a joke in itself. That was like such a silly thing. Like I, I was teaching them comedy. I was showing them Monty Python. I was showing them George Carlin. And um, I was making them analyze comedy. I got uh, from a friend, I got this book, uh, Comedy Secrets. And I, I just ripped it off. And I made a present PowerPoint presentation to teach them how to write jokes. <laughs> <clears throat> so that time I met somebody in Paris who was uh, a teaching assistant in the school, uh, HEC, where I was teaching. It's like the London School of Business in Paris. Okay. It's kind of considered one of the best business schools in Europe. So I was, uh, she was uh, a, a teaching assistant. She told me there is a Paris scene going on. So, uh, uh, she invited me to the Panam, which is a cafe in Paris, where you have a lot of stand-up. And I, I saw uh, like that time there was Paul Taylor and all these people were performing. And I said, okay, I can do that. And I wrote uh, a set as immediately as I got out of the, uh, got out of the of the performance. And and then there was a friend of I met a friend, uh, Tom Morton. He used to be in Paris scene. He told me about all the different uh, open mics and things happening in Paris. So I, um, I started uh, preparing for that. And there was one open mic by Sebastian Marx, who was who's like one of the pioneers of English comedy in Paris. And I was postponing uh, to go on stage. I was like, uh, for three weeks, I said, no, I cannot do it this week. I cannot do it this week. And then the last week, he said, he just pushed me on stage. <laughs> and I was supposed to do five minutes. I did 15 minutes. What? How did that? And they tried to get me off the stage by many, many ways, but I was not. <laughs> 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 and, um, and then after a year, I, I had my whole show. I had a full show. Okay, my wife uh, is, is complaining. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so uh, yeah, she's. Uh, I'm in the kitchen, so uh, she she's going to cook in the background. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, so if you hear some water, it's the dish one. It's the she's washing dishes uh, just to give us some music. She likes to whenever I'm doing a Zoom call in the kitchen. Uh, we have a baby. We had a baby last month, so baby is sleeping. The baby can tolerate all the noise from the street. But if I speak loudly, my yeah, wife screams at me. <laughs> <laughs> so 
uh, uh, so then, I mean, I, I did the, the first, uh, my debut in the Paris scene. And after that, I, I worked a lot and I got like a, my show in one year. I had a full show in one year and uh, a full one hour show. I mean, it was more like 40 minutes. And I performed and I, I, I had like sold out shows, like three, four sold out shows with the Indian community. And it was like a hit. But uh, then the second year I came back, I mean, I, I, I kept performing and I said, the second year I came back and, and performed other. So I've like done about 40 shows, 40 full shows of mine. So how, how does it work? I mean, like, I mean, cause I noticed when I went to, went to the great American company and I, like nearly every performer there was doing an hour show. How come it like in here, it's quite hard to get people to do, like if you do an hour show to get people to come and watch. Um, it's it's very difficult because the most difficult thing about comedy, apart from performing and writing, yeah. is, uh, is to get the people In. to come and watch you. So the marketing is a very big part of comedy. Uh, to have your own audience. Because it's one thing, I mean... Um, your your show title is quite interesting because this is in Britain we don't have that but in in France there's a stereotype isn't it that Asian people sell flowers and you sort of completely marketed that. Yeah, it was it was very uh, cheap shot. It was very cheap and marketing <laughs> because I got a little bit of criticism that it was exploiting the poor people, but I buy flowers all the time. I'm supporting them. And these white people who, who just said, oh, that title is not, uh, it's like mocking the poor. And yeah. these people never, whenever an Indian or Pakistani guy comes to sell them flowers, these people are all embarrassed and looking the other way. And I am the one who is talking to the Pakistani guy and I'm talking to him in Hindi. And I always buy flowers whenever I can. If I have the money, I just buy it. So, so it's like this white uh, guilt of making fun of uh, these these um, uh, these uh, flower sellers. Okay. But yeah. I mean, uh, so it's a, it's a, yeah. The title was a little bit not controversial, but it is catchy. It it got me a lot of mileage. But it's it's yeah. It, that's one thing I saw that was pretty good. Like the way you guys were able to do our shows and like advertise it. So we, I mean, and one thing so. How does the sort of French scene work as a whole? Is it like with the French speaking and English speaking, how do they sort of collide and like work with each other? Um, the, the French scene is, uh, is very developed. Uh, I have seen, I mean, whatever, I mean, they are becoming very, very good at it. And uh, stand-up is new in France. Like in Britain and America, it's been there for many years. And I mean, uh, comedy itself is a new concept in France. Okay. I mean, for them, it's like they, they were into slapstick until uh, a few years ago. And they didn't understand. Uh, I mean, they ripped off Monty Python. They ripped off uh, Spitting Image. Hmm. And uh, I mean, a lot of French comedians, they just uh, stole jokes from the big American comedians. Yeah, I saw there was a big article on Gad Almaleh about how he stole lots of routines. Yeah, 
So this was like a, a common, I mean, they don't call it stealing, they call it translating. <laughs> I mean, this is the French tradition of uh, translating. Like they just translate it and then they add the French touch. Like uh, they add like a article uh, in, in, in blague. They are, add some, some French touch. Mm. They add some French words and, and then it becomes very sexy and it becomes original. That's like their, uh, their understanding of, of originality. So the French scene is, um, I have a lot of friends in the French scene and they are doing well and they are really exploring uh, their interiority and they are exploring their, uh, their voice. And so it's, it's, it's growing very well and, it's, and they are doing well. And, uh, uh, but uh, 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 to be very frank, uh, I mean, it's not like cutting edge, like the Americans, what they are doing, or even the British. Hmm. Because, I mean, the British almost like invented comedy for me. Hmm. I mean, Monty Python. And um, I mean, it's so, it's so good. It's so high concept. It's, so one, one thing I found also with the French BBC is that there's a few that few that sort of overlap with the English and the French scene as a whole, isn't there? Like Paul F. Taylor and Sugar Sammy. Yeah. No, it's a uh, uh, it's a good good way of uh, because uh, I am only doing English. I, I wanted to do French. Maybe I don't know. I, I will do French, but I I'm only doing English for now. And uh, if you do both, you have a bigger audience. You have a bigger audience. But what, um, that Paul F. Taylor, he's someone that's sort of known for doing both and he's done that. So is he, so does he go on the, what's it called, the Sebastian Marks night, American night quite a lot then? Is there? Yeah. No, I mean, he's one of the success stories of the Paris scene. Okay. Um, no, it's, uh, um, yeah, Sebastian Marks and Paul Taylor, Sugar Sammy. Sugar Sammy does only French in, in, in France, even though he does English in other countries. Maybe. Yeah, you have, you have a bunch of people who are doing both. It's, um, and how, how, how does the English sort of scene in Paris work? Is it like very, you do a few open mics and then Sebastian Marx says, Yo, you're good, you go on the show. And then like the guy in the Great American Night says, right, you're on as well. Oh, gosh, what? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's a it's a small scene, the English scene in Paris. It's very small. Um, yeah, it's a it's like uh, all the problems of getting on. People are trying to uh, do anything to get on the shows and trying to make friends and trying to bribe people. No. <laughs> Fifty quid here, uh, Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, trying to get stage time. That's like a, um, how to, how to, what do you call, how to become friends with the right people, how to, um, yeah, how to, how to buy them houses. And, I mean, there's a lot of that here as well, but I think on a bigger scale, <laughs> a lot of, um, which are yeah. this. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. 
Just make sure it's a good ass to kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to, uh, you have to know the, um, who is the boss in the, and you have to know how to, I'm sure there is a very good African proverb with the lion and the fox and things like that. I don't know that one, but that will totally summarize the, the, the scene of getting. <laughs> yeah. Funny story of with Sebastian Marx. Uh, I was really I went so I was with Gurley as I mentioned before, and I thought I watched the comedy shows. And so I'm disturbing my wife because she's cooking, <laughs> and and like in the other room, if I go, I'm disturbing my kids, and if I go in the street, I'm disturbing Franz. This is my <laughs> existential crisis. <laughs> Uh, she said I have to go in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I'm like allergic. I have like allergies. So, t so sorry. Okay, can you tell me your question? I forgot. I didn't get the last question. I, I, I mean, what, what should we do? I don't want to disturb anyone with the podcast. So. No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I am a disturbance uh, in the life of my wife. <laughs> So it's normal, it's normal, it's normal, it's normal. I mean, wherever I am is the place she wants to clean. <laughs> no, let's go on, let's go on, let's go on. Uh, if, 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 it, if it gets violent, uh, I will let you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, she's asking me to go on the bed, but uh, then my son is going to be disturbed. Okay, let's go. Sorry. So, what was the question? <laughs> you also, I also saw that you run a you run a um, a podcast with French comedians. Is that right? Where you give them funny words in English? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a way of. I mean, I have two two reasons to do this podcast. One reason is to collect a library of French accents. Uh, no, it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I'm, I, I try to get the, the French comedians who are really bad in English so that I can feel superior to them <laughs> and I correct their English no I, I mean it's, it's a way of uh, it's, a, it's like a little bit like um, trying to make it like a Ali G kind of a thing where you make, make you tease them a little bit about their English and yeah uh, but I learn a lot from them. I learn so much about comedy because they have so much experience. Mm. They have their shows in the French, uh, and so it's a pleasure to have these these uh, French comedians. And uh, and and plus we have a sponsor. Uh, I mean now the sponsor uh, uh, is going through a crisis with this COVID, but uh, uh, he sponsored uh, a bunch of uh, videos, and uh, we are coming out with some new videos soon. I, I have a bunch of uh, interviews which have already been done but not edited. So um, uh, yeah, so the, you must have seen the compilations where where uh, I test them on teen slangs, on phrasal verbs, and things like that. But the whole whole interview is available on YouTube, mm -hmm. and the whole interview has like uh, I I asked. <clears throat> <laughs> Are you recording this? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm going to okay, pick up. Okay. 
So, so that will be that will be funny. <laughs> it's so, so I, I am in the room with my son now, and he is watching uh, Russian cartoons. <laughs> so this is like a Russian cartoons. Ah. I mean, he's a little communist. Oh God! <laughs> this is uh. okay. <clears throat> so we have to make it a little bit lower um, because otherwise we'll have Russian Russian background music. No, that's fine. I can dance to it. <laughs> uh, so sorry. Uh, you were what? Uh, what? Uh, I I missed the last question. Can you? Can you just? Well, one thing, like after like the podcast is finished, like uh, give us a link to your podcast and like links to your stuff, and I'll I'll post it in the podcast when it's uploaded. Let people know. Um, but yeah, the bit I was getting, what was I getting at again? Yes. So yeah, it's it's you're just basically having a bit of you you want you thought it'd be fun to interview like French comedians that don't speak English well, and you can have some. Yeah, it will make it entertaining. It's a bit of a USP in a way. You're sort of making it because that's your product in a way. Yeah, it was, it was like a way of uh, also tr trying to promote English uh, for the French and trying to tell people that uh, uh, the French people are very timid about making mistakes in English. You can hear me? Yeah. Why, why do the French have such good English, though? That's the thing, because if you go to UK, I mean, there are a lot of people that can speak French, but as a whole, most English people, as Muhammad Ali said, in Africa, they can speak all these tribe languages, French, whatever, and English people can't even speak English. And that's like, how I find it amazing that the French in Paris speak fantastic English. It's bloody awesome. <laughs> Um, yes, but I mean, most people, they still need to, uh, uh, the British, they won the, won the colonization. They, uh, they won the, uh, the war for colonization. I mean, they, they have, they conquered the whole planet, the British. So English has become the, the language of the world. I'm just throwing the garbage. <laughs> Two things at that's good. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, the only way I can speak is uh, I'm out in the uh, garden, so it'll be more. Uh, uh, I mean, you'll have more uh, light, and you can. I will not be disturbed for the next twenty minutes. <clears throat> yes. So, so uh, uh, yes, uh, the French. Um, I mean, the British uh, French is a good language, uh, but Brit English is like it's a survival language. It's a language for survival. Everybody needs to speak English, and uh, the French they need it, and um, but they are very timid. They they don't they don't want to make mistakes. It's like if you are if you are with the French and if you have two French people and you speak to one of them, I mean one of them tries to speak English to you, the other French person will be super jealous and he will start judging the first French guy. I mean, he will, he will start, uh, uh, he, will, he will say, how dare this French guy speaks English because um, he sucks, he's, he's got a horrible accent. How dare he speaks English in public? That's what the other guy is thinking. 
Yeah. <laughs> and basically, the 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 French, the guy who is thinking like that, his English is worse than the guy. Uh, I mean, in question. So the French are super judgmental. So that's that's why I am. The quarantine I'm with my parents. Ah, so. <laughs> oh, this has been funny. This podcast. <laughs> It's been brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So the French are are like a, they are their own worst enemy. They don't want uh, anybody to speak English because uh, either they feel left behind, or they feel that uh, it's a it's like it's a disgrace that they speak with such a bad French accent. Mm. So the the goal of the podcast was to de-dramatize. Uh, this is a French word, which doesn't exist in English. I don't de-dramatize. I don't know. It doesn't exist in English. De-dramatize, yeah. or to downplay, downplay the problem of the accent. I mean, okay. you should make mistakes if you are learning a language. If you are speaking it, the most important is you should speak and make mistakes. It's not a problem. Yeah. And the best people who don't, who who are not so so, I mean, supposedly. Who are not so touchy about their mis their their image are the comedians because they can make mistakes and they will not be so so they can they can make fun of themselves comedians I mean to certain extent <laughs> yeah so so that's why the podcast was uh, what was the that was the concept and for now it's um, I have I have like eight of eight of the interviews which I have to release. Before I invite new people, because I, I have a lot of French comedians which I would like to invite and and continue the podcast, but mm. now I'm just uh, um, I just have to finish the editing because it's uh, it's three cameras, we are shooting with three cameras, and it's in a studio and it's really beautiful. It's just uh, we need to um, uh, we need to finish the editing because it's like huge. Uh, I have to we have to cut to different people. Because we don't have a live live editing setup, uh, so so I, I hope we will have uh, one podcast next week. So you, do you work with a couple of people in the podcast? Then it's um, uh, I I try to have some uh, I try to have some people to help me, but otherwise I I will I will I can do it myself, but I don't have the time to to do the editing and it's mm. huge it's very huge it's like very high quality good good quality. You know, like Joe Rogan. Yeah. So it's it's I I mean it's like Joe Rogan kind of a thing. It's like three cameras, um, and it's really nicely done. Yeah, and of course the studio must cost quite a lot as well. Yes, but that is like um, that is we had a sponsor. We have a sponsor for the studio. Oh. Okay. So so for that that I mean we are going we put his logo in the end. We that's Angelio Academia. Uh, they are helping us. Uh, they are allowing us to do content in their studio because it's a little, little bit related to languages and about English. Uh, it's, no, that's bloody awesome. But I mean, it, it's, it, I've seen some clips of it. It looks like you're having okay. a whale of a time, like taking the, having a laugh with them and seeing some <laughs> of the responses. It's, yeah. it's quite good. It's, um, I think that's one thing that I like that about your podcast because I like podcasts that have their own sort of thing. One thing I found with a lot of comedians doing podcasts, they just set it up for the sake of it. And there's no thought on like what, 
what you're going to bring or what's what's what value you're going to bring what what's your thing they just do it for the sake of it and there's no thought of what do i want it to be what's the product and this and that no yeah for me it's very important to give something um, something that people can use yeah so uh, one aspect of the podcast is about comedy and uh, which if you watch the whole podcast uh, i talk to them about uh, what what is their comedy origins who are their inspirations and uh, what is the process of writing how do they prepare etc and and then we can talk talk about uh, general themes and and then one aspect of it is about english so uh, you must have seen the compilations with many comedians so that's about the english yeah it's no it, it's i mean and do do you use a hosting platform because i'm using acast for the moment okay okay I, I am I am just putting it on YouTube for now. I I have not had the time to. I've put some on SoundCloud, but mm -hmm. I I might have to see what to how to put it on an audio podcast only. Mm. It's uh, it, it but even doing like I'm I mean most of all my podcasts have been on this and they're nowhere near as big a setup as you. But like the time it takes for the videos to load, and then even though this is necessarily not complicated editing, it's just like. Boom, it takes ages. It's, I'm, I'm guessing it must take you like a week or two to, to film one episode or something stuff like that. Uh, filming is not a problem. It's just the uh, editing which yeah, takes time. Yeah. So the editing can take some time. Yeah, you're right. It, takes, it can take a, a week to edit. I mean, if I'm really focused, I can do it in three days. I have to do nights, all-nighters. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Because it's like, uh, uh, generally, it's my podcast is like, I mean, like the recently I have gone over the time. I have done like one and a half to one and a half hour podcast plus the audio separate. Like I have like half an hour of audio bonus. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I, I think that's, that's the one thing I don't like about the Joe Rogan podcast because it goes on for like three or f like sometimes three hours. And I think the, I prefer Mark Maron more than Joe Rogan because at least okay. they're a lot shorter. I think um, um, you can edit it if you can t take time to edit it. But the Joe Rogan thing has got uh, uh, clips, Joe Rogan clips. They are more interesting. You so they just take out snippets of it, extracts. And that's what I'm trying to do also. I, I, I will, when I edit it, I will put the good parts the as as extracts yeah. so as clips but you don't want to do the whole thing or you want to do no, both? I, I do both i put the whole thing and and then i put the extracts as well yeah it's like a little like a little advert for the bigger one do you like this yes yes, yes 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 exactly uh, what, what um so you, you're a french teacher now right is that that's what you so English? No, teacher. I I used to teach teach English. Uh, I'm still teaching a little bit, but uh, I'm more uh, more into comedy and content. I'm making a lot of uh, videos. I have a channel called Muntatska. I will send you the link. Um, so with there, I put the videos. I'm trained as a filmmaker, and actor as well. And but with, I mean, 
I find that role of you, like being a translator, I've, have you seen um, Little Britain? And have you seen like, um, there's this program called Balls of Steel? Sorry? There's a program called Balls of Steel. Have you heard of that? Uh, no, I've not seen it. I've not seen it. Oh, it's a British program and they it's basically they do a lot of pranks. And there's this one where Mr. Inappropriate and what he does is he comes in as a translator and he just pranks all the people from other foreigners and they, he gives them funny sort of words and he oh, gets to repeat out loud. And I'm pretty sure being an English teacher, you must have had a few moments where you have a class or you have a group of people that don't know any English. And you're like, part of me wants them to, to go outside and say, shit or something to master. yeah uh i mean i have i have channeled all my uh english frustrations uh teaching english into some of the videos uh you can check and check them out some of them are quite uh popular uh it's on my channel called Muntatska. there is one one video where a french man calls an indian call center i don't know if you saw that video it was pretty big in the uk so it's a, I mean, there's a, all the mistakes, which the, I, I put all the mistakes of the French people in that video. And then there was another video which, uh, where uh, a, a candidate comes to for an interview and there are two English, native English speakers, a British and an American. And they, they, um, they are playing a game and they are uh, putting, like they are playing a bingo so like if the French candidate misses an H, they get up, one guy gets a point. If he misses an S, the other guy gets a point. So uh, like, for example, I, I have three dog because the French, they don't say the H and the S. Mm. So uh, I will send you the links to these videos. And these videos were like super, super uh, popular in France and the UK also. What, um, one thing, what, what have been some very interesting and funny stories you've had during your time as a comedian and being a sort of a language translator? What, what, what experience? I, I'm not a translator. I'm, I said I was an actor, not a translator. French, so as, as an, okay, so as. I, I studied acting. I did acting and directing. I'd never did translating. But uh, what's what's? But you said you used to teach English, though. Oh, but just on the videos as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I teach. I I I taught taught English in the French uh, universities. Yeah. So what 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 has been what 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 was like a really entertaining and unique story you had from being a from teaching French or English in universities? No, I never taught French. I taught English. Yeah, that's why I said I said English in French <laughs> okay. universities. Yeah. Uh, um, once there was a, uh, I was doing an interview uh, for entrance in one of the uh, big schools in France. There was an entrance test and I was with another professor, another uh, teacher who was the jury from another, um, uh, he was, I think, British, no, he was American, he was American. And there was, we saw this name of this candidate uh, who was coming in and his name was super British. It was a French student, but his name was British, totally British. And we said, okay, finally we will have somebody who is going to speak good English. <laughs> and that guy had the, the worst English. And he said such things 
and I started laughing in the middle of the interview. <laughs> I mean, I got, I think they found out uh, and I think I got, I didn't call me back again for the, for being the jury, but that guy was so bad that I could not have resisted laughing during the interview. And I was trying to, like my, 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 my colleague who is the co-jury was looking at me and he was, he was trying to, uh, I mean, keep a straight face, but I could not resist laughing. It was so bad, that guy's English. And he said something so stupid. I cannot remember exactly what he said. He said something really stupid in, in English, that French student. And uh, I, so it was like a very b bad moment and I lost uh, a job there. And it was a really well-paid job. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, don't uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, like I, um, I hated teaching English in many places mm. because uh, English is not like my mother tongue. Mm. English is like my stepmother tongue. Wait, it's like the language of my stepmother. <laughs> I mean, it was like shoved down our throats by colonization. So, I mean, I think it's a good language. It's very useful, but um, English is a way for Indians to colonize the West. <laughs> yes, of course, of course, yes, I mean, I mean, a lot of ITs done in India, and a lot of call centers. That's that's how you. That's I mean, that's that's great. <laughs> no, I mean, for me, uh, teaching English, like I have some people, uh, for them, it's a pleasure because they are. It's their language. It's their blood. It's in their, like they they had they learned English with their mother's milk. I mean, I was taught English in this shitty Indian schools, which the British left us. What um, so, and, and what's 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 been um, how how have you channeled that into your material and into like funny sort of stories on the comedy circuit? Yeah, like I mean, I have a joke where I where I go to a, a show and I say, um, "Do you guys understand my English?" And like uh, all the people say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." They're trying to encourage me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, um, "It's Indian accent. It will be sexy in fifty years." when the Indian GDP overtakes the British GDP. And, uh, and I say, do you have any British people in the house? And somebody says, yeah. I said, uh, thank you for teaching us English. We had to give you all our natural resources in return. And what it did was you... a very expensive lesson. <laughs> what did you say? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for teaching us English. So like, I mean, I make fun of the, the colonization and things like that. Um, you are you are half half British if I'm if I'm not mistaken. I'm half English and Irish, and then half Chinese. Ah, uh, that's what. Yeah. yeah. A mix. I'm a Mongol. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like Ireland is like the Pakistan of Britain, no? Well, <laughs> yes, yes, more or less. I mean, yes, it is it is effectively yeah, especially Northern Ireland. Uh, <laughs> That not, actually, Northern Ireland is the Pakistan of the Ireland. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, Northern no, but Northern Ireland's divided though. 
they're starting to shift more staying with the whole of Ireland. But ah, okay. It's changing. It's it's a long story. I don't want to go into it, but it it's one thing I do want to say. I, I've I've had some interesting times in the. I mean, I met you at the gig. It was all right. It wasn't too bad. I like the fact, like the English speaking open mics in Paris have more audience than the ones in London. Okay. Uh, and the thing that I found quite interesting is I went to Sebastian Mark's show on a Sunday, and like he, the the thing is I'm not a good audience member, and it was really late at night, and they put me right in the front, and I was it was it was hard, man, but I I. I I sort of got a bit drowsy. I was like this. <laughs> and I sat in the front and they all noticed me. <laughs> <laughs> it's your punishment. And and then I spoke to them a bit afterwards. I mean, I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just left it there and like come back into the Paris scene, then talk to them. But don't do it after I sort of was half asleep during the whole show. I, I mean, I wasn't sleeping. I just was a bit, and I was seeing everything. But yeah, I... I, I <laughs> I don't know what go went through the other comedian's head. Like, I mean, they must have think, who's this asshole? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's like the greatest compliment you can give a comedian. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, isn't it? <laughs> no, never forget me. <laughs> but, yeah, I made an impression. It wasn't good, but let's see what happens if I come if when I come back later on next year. <laughs> Are you still in Golier? Are you still in Golier? I'll go back next year um, in June because I haven't finished the modules and I can't do second year. But Charlie's in uh, Paris, in France at the moment, I think. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but what? Are you going to come down to London to do some gigs or? I, I wanted to, but uh, with this COVID, everything is messed up. So like, uh, I'm not planning any tours, but I want to get back on my show very soon. But for now, I'm just focusing on making more um, videos for the next few months. I hope there's no second wave, which is very, very difficult, very bad. We're just uh, hoping the second wave will not be a, like as bad or because now it's like sunny, so it's good. But once the sun, once once winter comes, I don't know what the corona is going to do in the winter. Mm. That's the thing, yeah. And that's when it's at its peak. That's when it grows. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's, yeah. And also, don't forget, it could be worse. There's lots of other viruses that could come in, and we're so focused on this one. <laughs> yeah, the Chinese are working on something better. <laughs> yeah, that's true the the new edition upgraded version eh <laughs> upgraded no uh, let's not go in there this going dark territory um so i know i know that you've got a meeting at round in a few moments so yes, yes another good podcast that i like watching is true geordie and it's not like the true Geordie podcast in any way but I like what he does where he asks someone a big question at the end and what I like to ask people at the end of the podcast is I like to say what advice would you give to your younger self ah good okay oh that's uh that's a good one uh, younger comedian younger comedian or younger actor or younger director 
because I have like a bunch of hats. No, but this all encompasses into one thing that you're focused in. So if, if like, what's the general advice that you're given a mindset for someone growing up? I mean, if I have to give myself an advice, uh, it would be discipline and focus. I mean, I need to be much, much more disciplined and more focused to produce more content and also, um, also take care of people. Uh, a lot of uh, comedians have big egos and, but uh, you have to really, um, really uh, look above that. And, and um, you have to look above uh, this, all these petty egos and, um, and try to be uh, like genuine and, and not take it too seriously. Yeah, I think that's the best advice I can give uh, for comedy is uh, not take yourself too seriously. Okay. Because uh, we, we, we become like, there's a lot of, um, lot of, um, yeah, if you don't take yourself too seriously and work really hard, I think that can be a really good advice. Hmm. And what, what, what is a quote that you'd like to live your life by? Or that you are living your life by at the moment? Uh, one quote I heard from a guru. I'm into gurus. <laughs> ah, Robins and all that. Uh, yeah, so I have a quote from a guru, uh, and which I love is, uh, he said that you have to be totally dispassionate about yourself and totally passionate about everything else. And why is that? Just because it meaning not just working hard getting with the eager and if you give value then you'll get more back i think as i understand it is like uh you don't take yourself too seriously and you uh you you just throw yourself in in life and do whatever you have to do and uh and try to do something uh, try to do whatever you feel uh, really and you do it to the hilt and you don't take, you don't give too much importance to yourself. That's what I understand it as. Yeah. So like the quote is again is uh, uh, total dispassion for yourself and total passion for everything else. Yeah. So that's what quote I will leave you <laughs> if you want. Yeah, a that's, that's, a, that's a very good quote. And it follows, I think, in all performing arts, that's a big thing. Exactly. I mean, uh, in Goliath, in, uh, in, in Clown, I mean, it's the same thing, I think. <laughs> yes. It, it, yeah, it, let's, it's some of, yeah, some of the, it's, yeah, it well, depends also if you're doing things for the right reason. Like in martial arts, like they say, if you're doing things for the wrong reason, you're not going to get anywhere. And that's some, Sometimes I feel in performing arts and well, most of the, a lot of the times in performing arts and sometimes in Goliath and this and that is that people do it for the wrong reasons. They don't do it because they enjoy it or because they're this and that. They do it just because they want the stardom. They're not doing it for anything more than that. I mean, a lot of people would take being famous if they could, but there's not more to it. But in Goliath, it's like... A it's uh, pretty intense and pretty painful, no? It is, yes. But I like his insults are just sort of what you're doing now. Like some people take it personally, but it's not personally at all. He's just telling you what you need to change. 
Um, yeah, I can't say the full thing because Corona sort of cut things short, so I couldn't have the full experience. But um, Golia is just... I think the biggest thing with Golia is he wants to teach you not to give a shit about what people think or do and just do what you enjoy and get out and do it and be in the moment and not care too much, not have all these insecurities and oh, what people are going to think this or... Just don't give a shit and just... And get the ego out of the question. I think ego is also worried about what other people think. That's yeah, I think it joins what the guru said. I mean, dispassion about yourself. Yeah, and I think that's a good lesson for everything. And then you can focus on what matters rather than superficial things. Yeah. And I think it's very, very intense. Like, you don't, you don't care so much and you just go and do it, what you have to do. And that's, that's, a, uh, that's really good because I think in comedy, uh, one thing is like you have to be on, on and on. You have to be really totally on inside. You have to be like, your energy has to be on when you go on stage. You have to be fully awake. You cannot be like uh, <laughs> sleeping in the first row. Yes, don't, don't, don't tell them about that. I don't like this. This, I mean, it's an embarrassing moment, but I will come back to Paris and hopefully over a few months the, the, the silliness will subside. Yeah, I don't think, don't worry, they'll not know. They'll not know. They will not uh, hold it against you. I hope not. <laughs> okay, um, um, been... thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming, and I'll see you when I'll see you when I'm in Paris. And yeah, sure. Um, I will send you the links, and um, where is where will this be published? I mean, how is it going to be published? This. So I'll publish on YouTube, Acast. It'll be on iTunes. It'll be on Spotify. Okay. And I may, if I look back at, I may put, post some short bits in it that I think can be. But it, it takes, yeah, we'll see what happens. But. Okay, okay, cool. Okay, take care. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank see you, you later. Later.